Hello, hello. Hey, everybody. Our uh, guest today is calling in from the other side of the world. So we're all staying at home, enjoying this quarantine, COVID-19 coronavirus. He's calling in from Bombay, India. He's actually one of the co-founders, one of the two co-founders of one of the world's newest unicorns. So a tech startup valued at over a billion dollars, uh, based in India. He's got a pretty cool story behind that. And we've got some similar roots as well. So before, so before we get into it, give it up for my friend, Bob Shep. My name is Brian Shinborn. I'm an explorer of people, places, and culture. In my travels spanning over 20 countries across four continents, I've had the pleasure of engaging in authentic conversations with amazingly interesting people. These are their stories, on location and unfiltered. Presented by 8B Media, this is Half the City. What's up, man? How you doing? I see you holding up over there. Good. Thanks, Brian, for that intro. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a tough time. It's a weird time, but holding up well. It's crazy, right? I mean, I just, yeah. I just, you know, I feel like I remember in the beginning of the year when, think, when it started coming from China, and just, you know, okay, who knows what it's going to be, but we knew it was going to start spreading, but it feels yeah. like, like it didn't really hit, at least in America, until about a month ago. Like that's when it really started taking off and it went from like life as usual to like every day is an eternity, man. <laughs> like it feels like we've been in lockdown for like a year. Uh, right. How's it going over there, man? What's going on in India with it? Yes, it is. If it has affected a lot, uh, but I was actually supposed to be in Shenzhen in January. Oh really? And yeah. All, oh. uh, all bookings done, everything, uh, and then, uh, you know, my brother being a doctor mm -hmm. obviously had some early information mm -hmm. on uh, the entire uh, coronavirus situation and something mm -hmm. that was developing in China. So he told me that it's best not to go there. It's best to avoid uh, going to China. So you, you were able uh, to avoid it before they shut the country down then? Yes. Wow, and, dude. and the best part about it is the person I was supposed to meet in China, uh, you know, I told him that, listen, you know, there's this situation which is developing and mm -hmm. it's best to avoid uh, doing this meeting now. And the person was like, yeah, by that logic, I should never be coming to India. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just don't know yeah, India. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, he didn't. Well, obviously, at that time, he didn't know that uh, it's this bad. He yeah. was like, well, there's a there's a point zero one percent chance that uh, something may happen. Right. But became into a hundred percent chance very soon. Well, I mean, that's you know, it's debatable, right? I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into the politics of it because I don't want China to get mad at me because I love that yeah. country. But uh, yeah. I can tell you, those numbers are probably. Um, debatable at best um they have a tendency yes. of capping things off at a certain level but right. uh yeah dude it's crazy that you caught that you were able to to change that before man like you i mean you could have you could have been a high risk man yes like that's crazy dude so probably i, I could have been the person who started uh, the entire coronavirus spread in india you could have been patient luckily, number luckily. you could be patient zero in india <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god that's crazy yeah, that that didn't happen luckily uh, you know my brother told me so i just canceled uh, mm. that trip and oh, yeah. uh, but currently uh, india is in a complete lockdown uh, the state that i am in actually has the maximum number of cases Oh really? 
Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but the government is uh, doing a great job as trying to contain uh, COVID right now. Uh, in fact, if they find a positive case anywhere, uh, they'll immediately make that a containment zone. And hmm. uh, the entire one kilometer stretch uh, around it would be sanitized and no one is allowed to get out from there. Wow, that's uh, crazy. Yes, they just make sure that the essentials are available to the people in the containment zone. So uh, they've gone uh, real hard on the lockdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, the thought process uh, for them is that uh, human lives is more important. Uh, economy can be revived. Mm-hmm. But obviously, uh, economy has taken a big hit. Uh, and we, we won't know the full impact of that till, uh, you know, a few months. Yeah, it's going to be a while for sure. But uh, it's... Yeah. I mean, I, well, I think about like, um, you know, like I went, I went to India, I actually visited you in right. India for a while, um, right. a couple of years ago. I sit there and I think like how, like if India were doing, we're trying to take the same measures that America was taking, India would be done, be done for yeah. just because there's so many people everywhere, right? There's just, I mean, everywhere you go, there's people on the streets and just living life yeah, or, the, the, or the selling products or whatever. density is very high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if this was to spread very fast, uh, mm-hmm. you know, containment would be very difficult. Yeah, I'd say that's probably why we're seeing things with like in, in the U.S., like uh, New York, New York State has right. more cases, has more cases than any other country in the world right now. Right. Right. right? Because Manhattan's so densely populated, right? right. Manhattan's Queens, right. Brooklyn, that, you know, the five boroughs. Um, they're right. getting devastated over there. Meanwhile, over in, in California, where I'm at, you know, the our governor um, instituted a lockdown, a stay-at-home order lockdown right. for everyone except for non-essential people, you know, your food workers, restaurants, uh, delivery, you know, transportation kind of stuff. And people have been kind of adhering to it. So we're not seeing nearly as much of a spike over here as we are in New York. Um, right. Who knows? I mean, that could change. It could change. It's early. Um, but I think the big thing right now is that everybody's Staying at home, staying in place, right. just riding right. it out as much as it sucks. I mean, it's, yeah. driving, it's, it's driving me crazy, dude. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. I think like today I had a, uh, God, I just, I, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm on vacation. Like I'm eating nothing but junk food <laughs> and I'm just sitting <laughs> on my ass for like hours. Yeah. I'm working, yeah. but I'm sitting on my ass for hours, yeah. dude. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. dude, I'm going to come out of this thing like 50 pounds heavier yeah. or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I know we'll talk about this later uh, as well, but uh, there's no sports going on anywhere. So nope. even when you're sitting at home, you don't know what to watch except for right. movies on Netflix. Right, right. Have you seen the Tiger King? No, I have not. Oh, dude, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know if it's available on Netflix in India yet, but like it's this documentary about like basically like stupid white people shit. Like white tra- <laughs> redneck people, these three different these three different people that all own competing uh, tiger zoos wow. <laughs> in America. But it's but like that's just where it starts, and it gets so much crazier, dude. Like, yeah. shout out to Netflix and Tiger King. You check that shit out, dude. It's good. I will. Yeah, it's I like will. a five part series or something. Speaking of sports, though, um, obviously sports are shut down everywhere. You know, all the major sports here are postpone indefinitely baseball football basketball hockey soccer right. you know all that stuff and i know that based on what you do it affects you quite a bit as well so maybe you could um first talk about what you what you and your company does uh dream 11 
and um, and then talk about kind of how it's being affected by this whole thing. Sure. So uh, Dream Eleven is a daily fantasy sports company. Mm-hmm. Um, fantasy sports is basically a concept where you uh, can get to be a selector. Um, mm-hmm. You can choose your own team from a specific match for which you're playing for. And, uh, you know, uh, the players that you believe would uh, perform the best on that day would make it to your team. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way they perform in the real life match uh, would give you points in your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Whichever team has uh, the most points with accumulative of all the players uh, is at the top of the leaderboard and wins. So, nice. uh, so yeah, that's a quick, very quick brief uh, of fantasy sports. So that would be and, something like fantasy football or fantasy baseball, where like fantasy right. football is the big one in America, where you know people get together, yeah. they draft their teams, uh, they right. see how well the player, you know, the individual players do. Um, right. Only difference is that we do it per match. So, uh, obviously, the biggest uh, one for us is uh, cricket. We got a billion cricket fans in India. But uh, apart from cricket, we do uh, uh, multiple sports like football, which you all call soccer. Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, basketball. We do, um, we do hockey, uh, field hockey, volleyball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there are a bunch of sports that we do. Um, but cricket being the biggest of them. I say cricket's huge in India. It's huge in a lot of. Uh, I think cricket's basically big in like all of the um, old UK countries, right? I think America might have left a little too soon in our own sport and said, "Screw cricket, we're playing baseball," <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I just like, I, like to be honest, like I've been to I've been to the Oval in Melbourne where they play their cricket matches, um, not during a game. I was just there um, before a game. And I don't really know anything about cricket. All I know is like when we were in grad school. So we went to grad school together, listeners. That's how I know Bobbitt. But I remember when we were, uh, we put together an extracurricular uh, softball team, right? Yes. And um, I remember like, you know, I played baseball growing up, you know, the whole glove, bat and all that thing with the softballs a certain size. And I remember, I remember, I think Bobbitt's in the outfield. Whoever was at bat hit the ball and it, and it like flew to the outfield and I remember him trying to catch it with his bare hands. And I'm like, Bob, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you, why, why are you catching it with your bare hands? Dude, like, use the glove. <laughs> so I know, there's some, I know there's some similar stuff there. But, like, what's, you know, just high level? Like, can you tell the American audience as well as, you know, just kind of reiterate with people that are familiar with it? High level, what's going on with cricket? Yep. So uh, cricket, first of all, uh, there is uh, only two hitters and one pitcher instead of uh, four hitters that you can have on four bases uh, mm-hmm. in baseball. Um, and uh, after every six pitches, the pitcher changes. So that, that's a very high level uh, of mm. uh, how the structure is. But um, the pitcher has to uh, obviously throw uh, to the batsman. So batsman is what we call the hitter in uh, cricket. And the pitcher is called the bowler. Mm. So the bowler has to uh, throw the ball towards the batsman. And uh, it's not exactly similar to baseball, but the ball actually has to hit the pitch before it reaches the batsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where you get uh, maximum, uh, the bowler could get uh, maximum, uh, I would say, uh, purchase out of the pitch that uh, is being played on in cricket. Um, and uh, once the 
batsman hits the ball um, he doesn't need to necessarily uh, run it's not compulsory to run he can uh, decide whether he wants to run or not hmm. and uh, there are three different formats of the game uh, the longest format is uh, a five day format so Jeez. it runs across five days eight hours a day people go to those like they they sit there for 8 hours a day for 5 days like fans uh earlier they used to do it a lot now uh-huh. uh, with the newer formats coming in uh, the viewership is dropped drastically almost a game for the purists now got it uh, and then we have uh, one where uh, there are 300 pitches per uh, team uh, that is a single day uh, game and that lasts for 8 hours again and then the there's a shorter format which is a three and a half hour format hmm. where uh, there are only uh, 120 pitches per side 300 yes per, per side, side. Hmm. now there are different variations uh, that have been coming in there are 60 pitches there are 100 pitches but the the three major formats is the three and a half hour format the eight hour format and the five day format it's interesting to me how um the, the length of the game is decided based on number of pitches versus like in baseball, like number of outs, number of innings, right? right. So, uh, so it's a combination. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we have a number of outs as well. Every team gets 10 outs. Mm-hmm. Um, after 10 outs, uh, you're done. Whatever you score uh, is the target for the other team to, uh, uh, to chase down. Mm. And uh, so, but uh, the number of pitches is the outer limit. So once you hit those many number of pitches and you don't get uh, everyone out, the target is set for the other team after those many number of pitches. Hmm. So, and uh, on average, uh, you know, if you, uh, the scoring is very different from baseball, right? In baseball, if you get a a few runs, uh, up to 10 runs, it would be great. That's a high Uh, score, yeah. Yeah, that's a high scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... uh, in cricket, in a 300-pitch game uh, for a single side, um, the average score would be somewhere around uh, 275 to 325. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's it's, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. So the, so the equivalent of uh, a home run in baseball is uh, six runs in cricket. But in baseball, you actually have to have all the four bases loaded when you hit the home run to get four runs, right? Right. In yeah, uh, yeah. cricket, as soon as you uh, hit a home run, it's a direct six runs oh okay yeah because in baseball it's like you got to go all the way around all you got to touch all four bases to score right yeah yeah okay right you do you do fantasy sports with dream 11 right you mentioned you touch on all of these different sports but i think you started with the cricket stuff is that right yes so can you can you kind of uh maybe go through like what it was like to start this i mean i think you were from my understanding you were you and your partner were kind of working remotely as well right so yeah let me mm-hmm. take you quickly through the journey sure uh, so uh, dream 11 is 12 years old now uh, we started in 2008 mm-hmm. um, actually we started working on it in 2007 we launched it in 2008 uh, me and my co-founder Harsh, both of us have been playing uh, fantasy football for over 20 years now uh, mm-hmm. 2000, 2001 is when we started playing fantasy sports um, and that was for uh, soccer, the English Premier League. So after we got done with schooling, um, you know, uh, Harsh went to uh, UK to do his high school. And that's where he got introduced to fantasy sports for the English Premier League because uh, obviously it's the most popular sport in uh, UK. 
where right. he was studying. And uh, he introduced us uh, to fantasy uh, EPL as well. And uh, it was a good way to for all of us to stay in touch, right? After school, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of us uh, were studying in India. Some of uh, uh, our friends had gone to UK or US mm-hmm. to study. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a thread that tied us all together. So nice. every weekend, we would have banter. Uh, you know, we would, there would be a conversation topic uh, about who's played well, who's not. Um, it, uh, it uh, I would say, increased our engagement in the game drastically oh yeah um, for sure mm-hmm. yeah i think uh, before uh, i i've been following uh, football for around five years before um, i started playing fantasy sports and after i started playing fantasy football um, i used to almost watch a game every weekend if not more so you know we we like playing it and we uh, continue playing with it playing on uh, the fantasy epl platform and in 2008 uh, was when there was a change happening in the cricket world as well. Um, that's when the entire, you know, uh, one day eight hour format was uh, being transitioned to a newer format, which was a three and a half hour format. Hmm. So that was the newer format that was coming in. And there was a lot of excitement around it, a lot of buzz. Uh, you know, it was uh, more of an a entertainment uh, platform which was being created. So we wanted to play fantasy cricket for uh, that tournament as well, which started in 2008 called the Indian Premier League. Mm-hmm. And today is uh, one of the most popular cricket tournaments uh, in the calendar year. Uh, usually played in April, May, got cancelled this year, which I'll talk yeah. about later. And, uh, you know, we wanted to play and we couldn't find uh, anything to play uh, for fantasy cricket. So it was one of those typical bar conversations, right? Uh, where we are like, you know, uh, there's nothing out there. We should create one. It's such a good opportunity. And, uh, you know, we were all excited about that. And then we just went home and slept over it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's it. But, uh, yeah. And, then, you know, there, there's so many of these ideas that you get when you just are talking with friends over drinks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've, and, I've, I've had a bajillion ideas, man. And I, I, I don't remember, like, probably 90% of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then, uh, then after a few days, uh, my co-founder Harsh he called me and he's like, you know, I've been thinking, and this is something, uh, you know, it's really stuck in my head. Why don't we just go ahead and try it out? And uh, I was like, sure, you know, uh, both of us are passionate about sports. Both of us have, have been playing fantasy sports for a while. We know that fantasy sports is engagement. Um, uh, something that a fan should be playing in US at that time almost half of the sports fans were playing uh, fantasy sports so there definitely seemed to be an opportunity there and uh, we did a little bit of research at least uh, in US and um, you know in other uh, countries uh, there seemed to be a lot of traction around fantasy sports oh absolutely man uh, I even yeah. think like I mean you've been playing fantasy sports since 2001 I've been playing right. since probably at least that long, like maybe 98, 99, you know, around the time when it was right. just kind of getting going online. Right. It really, it, it takes you from a casual fan, like, oh, you love your team. You know, you're going to watch just your, just your, you know, yeah. just the Patriots or something like that on Sunday. And then that you're good right. to suddenly, yeah. oh shit, no, 
you got to watch every single game because your players are all over the place and you got to right. if you don't keep tabs on the players if you don't watch the games or at least the highlights or whatever you don't have a you don't have an idea of how well they actually did and right. so then you can't you know you, you're going to lose that edge against your 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 buddies right so if you, right. you right. the last thing you want to do is lose the league right yeah. <laughs> cuz then, cause then you're going to get it from everybody for, until the next year you know so uh, we actually uh, started off with the same uh, format that uh, at that time fantasy uh, english premier league or mm-hmm. uh, in us yahoo espn cbs fox all of them had this entire season long format mm-hmm. where you create your team at the start of the season um, you pick players from all different teams that are playing in that league and uh, then you can do trades every week and uh, at the end of the season you know whether you won or not basis uh, your rank on the leaderboard so we we decided uh, to do that format at that time and uh, as part of our research we went around uh, talking to a bunch of people who who would uh, i would say the gaming gurus in india and uh, all of us all of them told us that it's a terrible idea <laughs> and <laughs> and why, why uh, did they say that as in they were like uh, you know uh, it's not monetizable uh, there's uh, no um, education around fantasy sports in the market you'll have to actually tell people what it is people don't understand uh, strategy games so all kind of things and uh, in hindsight they were actually right because the format that we were trying to uh, do uh, the season long game uh, we were trying to monetize via ad for ad revenue you actually need uh, to have a lot of users on your platform mm-hmm. otherwise your your ad revenue doesn't come in let me ask you this um just for some perspective you said you launched in 2008 like for me like my frame of reference 2008 is like 2008 internet 2008 uh, in america right internet yeah. sports all that stuff where you know where people are in america with that stuff like roughly where was india at as far as whether it's internet speeds infrastructures um maybe like where's the sports scene at like all like where was india at in 2008 so in 2008 iphone was just being launched mm-hmm. uh in india i think even in us uh, that was the year when iphone was being launched so blackberry that was popular at that time and in india uh, apart from blackberry nokia was very popular but they were not smartphones right so uh, in 2008 if you had to play fantasy sports or anything else it you used to it would either be on your computer or then if you are playing games on your console like a playstation or xbox mm-hmm. or nintendo and uh, internet speeds were uh, so we at that time uh, 3g was just about picking up in india mm-hmm. uh, but then again you know 3g is uh, mobile internet so people could usually play this only on their laptops or uh, computers mm-hmm. um and we had decent broadband speed uh, not the kind of speed we have today uh, but the broadband speed was decent enough to uh, support uh, you know gaming uh, uh, fantasy sports all those kind of platforms uh, at that time in fact uh, facebook had uh, I, i would not say not launched but it was uh, facebook was very very uh, new in india at that time uh, the most popular social media platform i don't know if you heard it or not was orkut orkut yes it, I, it, i think it i was, heard of that i think i heard of that i think it was right, popular so, in like brazil or something orkut i don't know but uh, eventually google bought it down 
and mm. uh, as it does with most of the products they buy they shut it down after yep. some time uh aqua hire yeah so so at that time orkut was more popular than facebook so so we were in a very different world back then yeah well so i mean so i sit there and i think about it i go okay yeah. um today like fantasy sports is i mean it, yes it's great to do on your computer but it's really easy just to do it on your phone, right? So, right. so when you're, you know, you're talking starting this, starting this company with this ad revenue model, right. and you're restricted first because you've got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to get traction, you got to get scale, right? right? But also you're limited on the time and places people can can get on this, correct? Correct. Right? correct. So I, I guess yeah, you, I mean, you, so you could say those sports commentators or whoever you know the sports experts you talked about said it was a terrible idea. Uh, or you're just like light years ahead of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, for us, it was in this. In, uh, this seems to be a great idea. This is something that we are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Let's just try it out. Uh, you know, we were uh, young at that time. We were 23, I think. Uh, and like, you know, if this works out great, if it doesn't, uh, we have enough time ahead of us to do something else. Mm-hmm. I formed any kind of scale at that time to make good ad revenue. So, so the first three years, we uh, actually learned uh, what not to do. Hmm. We, we actually uh, figured out a lot of things that we are doing wrong. In that uh, interim uh, was when I actually came to Bentley. Uh, mm-hmm. Because one of the things that uh, me and my co-founder both figured out is that being engineers, we didn't have as much business acumen as we should. Mm. So we were like, you know, it may be a good idea to go to B school to learn some of something about business as well. And, uh, and so we took turns. I went to Bentley first. And uh, after I came back a year later, uh, my co-founder went to Columbia. Yeah, that's how we split it up. And uh, both of us got a B school degree and uh, some more knowledge on how to run a business. Obviously, practical experience helped us, and then some of uh, the B school experience also helped us uh, with, uh, you know, just understanding of how to run a business. So, what are so, some what are some like early like I mean, aside from these guys telling you it was a bad idea, like what were some of the major like hurdles that you came across? And then like, well, that's the first question. Then after that, like, what is like the big like? And you got that first big win and you're like, yes, this is, this is working. Right. So uh, I think in the first year itself, uh, we ran uh, through 70% of the money that we had raised through friends and family. Oh, shit. And, and, <laughs> and obviously that was uh, one of the biggest hurdles because you're like, okay, um, if we don't have money, uh, how are we going to run the business? Uh and we, you know, in that first one, one and a half years, we realized that, okay, this is not the right model to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to pivot. And, uh, but even to pivot, it would take us some time because we needed to figure out uh, what model works, then build it out, uh, have a team that builds it out. For all that, you need money. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, earning to 70% of uh, the funds uh, in the first year. And we didn't want to go back to uh, family to ask for more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what we decided uh, at that time was that uh, we start a servicing uh, business, a digital servicing business, which would basically uh, do a bunch of, uh, you know, web development for other companies, uh, managing social media pages, uh, running digital ads, uh, creating games, mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, services business inherently, obviously, has to be profitable because you would obviously put a markup on every project that you do. Of course. And um, in the servicing business, we actually uh, lucky in the sense that uh, our first client uh, was actually because of our sports connection was a uh, was a sports team, uh, cricket team from IPL. Um, Called Mumbai Indians, and you know they they said that okay, you guys uh, are the digital guys in that sense. You all have been doing digital for a while. We have zero idea on digital. Why don't you help us uh, build a Facebook page? And that's mm-hmm. that's the time Facebook has started to gain popularity. Oh, so wow. we were like, sure, you know, we'll build it out. Uh, we'll maintain your Facebook page. We'll uh, run ads if you want. And uh, 2008, nine, I think 2010 is when we started this off. Um, that was a time when um, I don't know whether uh, it was the same case out there, but in your uh, the vanity metric was likes, how many likes you have on your Facebook page. So um, for uh, Mumbai Indians, uh, we are we are obviously very early uh, in the Facebook curve. So when we launched their uh, brand page, we were able to get a million likes within six months for them. Nice. So, uh, you know, they were very happy with the way we were managing uh, content, uh, with the way we were managing engagement on uh, their uh, side. Mm-hmm. And um, Adidas, who was a sponsor of Mumbai Indians, uh, they saw this and they approached us saying that, listen, you've been doing a great job for Mumbai Indians, so why don't you uh, work with us as well? And we were like, sure, why not? And uh, so that, <laughs> like, that, that, that's no, how no, we got No big our, deal. <laughs> I mean, just for some perspective, the Mumbai Indians are what? They're like, I mean, they could be, to translate that to American sports, like like the, what, like the Yankees? The, yeah, so they are uh, right now, uh, as of today, uh, one of the most uh, successful teams in IPL. Mm-hmm. Um, Mumbai Indians and Chennai Super Kings, two teams, they have won the uh, IPL the most number of times. Mm-hmm. So you're building web pages, you're building Facebook pages for the Yankees of India Premier League cricket. Right. right. And now you've got Adidas. And these are your what, like your first two clients basically? Yes, first two clients. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> so so we, we got a lucky break out there. And once you have Mumbai Indians and Adidas as your clients, you can go out and pitch to a lot of other like, people and like whoever else you want, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's gotta yeah. open so many doors. Wow. Yeah, because because otherwise, if you go as a 24, 25-year-old mm-hmm. pitching to, uh, you know, probably 45, 50-year-old marketing guys at mm-hmm. all these companies saying that, you know, I'll run uh, marketing for you, they'll be like, go first, get a marketing degree and come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, got, uh, we got a lucky break there. And uh, from there, we are actually able to scale this up into... Uh, you know, running uh, across five different cities in India. We have mm-hmm. over 50 clients. Uh, we are running a profitable business. And we have global clients like Pepsi, Lufthansa, Discovery Channel, uh, and a bunch of these other people. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was kind of feeding uh, the research and uh, the pivoting activities that we are trying to do for Dream11 nice. as well. So, nice. so that actually worked out for us because, uh, you know, uh, that helped us get over the first big hurdle of uh, running out of cash almost. That's some pure resourcefulness, man. So uh, it's, just, uh, it's just about adapting and uh, figuring out ways to survive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Like I, um, I'm a veteran, right? I'm a military veteran. 
And uh, one of the big things from my Marine Corps days is uh, we always talk about, you know, no matter what you're going through, you've got to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Like if you got your eyes on the prize and you you are on your path or whatever it is, right? Until there's absolutely no way of making something happen, figure it out, right? Right. To be honest, like that's a pretty fucking lucky break you got. You know, like not everybody, right. not everybody has that opportunity. But it's also it's also like getting yourself out there, right? Right. It's working hard towards your goal, but then also being in the right place at the right time. So it's. I'm not going to discount it and say, oh, it's just lucky, you know, like it's right, one of those right. things. Like, like I told you that I, uh, you know, I produced that event between Manchester United and, and Liverpool in Australia a couple of years right. ago, right? Right. I mean, part of that could be like, oh yeah, that was luck. Sure. I was in the right place at the right time. Right. But I also had, I also had my, my skill set and my experience, my education, you know, I was looking to do something big and something right. awesome and all that shit. And on top of all that, I happened to run into this guy, this friend of mine who was looking for somebody to help out with that sort of thing. Right. So, yeah, it's like, I just sit there and go, oh my God, it's crazy. Like, it's such dumb luck that those were your first two clients, but it's not dumb luck. Like, it's, there's a lot of shit that goes into that sausage before you get that opportunity, you know? Yes. In, in fact, the first thing was the realization that uh, what we are doing was not working out and yeah. uh, we needed to think about something else pivot. Yeah. Um, being like, okay, let's try it out for another year. If it doesn't work, we'll shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, uh, you know, uh, having that perseverance to go through it, to be like, no, we are going to figure this out. Uh, yes, our first attempt has failed, but uh, maybe there's another model that can work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantasy sports is yet a great uh, concept. Absolutely. So, essentially, it's to... Uh, the uh, connect that we have built with uh, this these teams that uh, again it helped us uh, when we are uh, there at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. So you're able to build out this digital marketing thing, right? Uh, Mumbai Indians, Adidas, so on and so forth. Um, right. At what point were you guys? I mean, do you still have that digital marketing? Are you, do you guys still do that, or have you? No, no, we don't. So what happened is, uh, in the meanwhile, obviously we are looking at ways to pivot, mm-hmm. and um, eventually uh, we uh, came up with you know uh, the daily fantasy sports. Uh, let's try daily fantasy sports for cash. Mm-hmm. So we are not relying on monetization through ads, B two B monetization. We'll uh, go b to c directly and hmm. we'll do a pay-to-play fantasy sports version where if people want to uh, participate they play and uh, sorry they pay and uh, if they win they win cash prizes hmm. so um, you know that that was uh, the model that we came up with and while we were pivoting to that uh, the entire uh, digital uh, servicing bit was feeding uh, the growth and then um, when once we pivoted to this uh, model we realized that, uh, you know, uh, between uh, the two of us co-founders, uh, it was very difficult to handle two businesses because there was no focus. Right, Right. Uh, sure. mm-hmm. Like uh, the product was the passion, uh, the services arm was getting us the money. So you'd always kind of be biased to the business that was making revenue, getting us the money, keeping the lights on. But in that, then we were just uh, kind of uh, ignoring a little bit um, the product side that we always wanted to build out. So then uh, once we uh, had a stable, uh, you know, few uh, hundred thousand users, 
on um, on fantasy sports and uh, we saw the initial traction to be good um, you know we are seeing that okay people uh, were getting uh, used to this format and you know we are getting the number that's when we decided that let's uh, go out and uh, sell off our digital services business and focus on the product business which was 11 and uh, that's what we did mm. uh, we went out we uh, sold the digital services business to another digital services agency and we pumped back all the money that we got from that sale into dream 11 and that's what then gave us you know some money to go advertise uh, get some more users on board you know so we launched uh, this version in uh, end 2011 december 2011 mm-hmm. and by around uh, 2013 2014 we had started seeing uh, good traction but uh, you know at the end of the day if you are not able to market the product properly you're not going to get as many users right. so then we needed uh, money to start going gung ho and all out marketing and that's when uh, we decided okay we go out and uh, now try to raise funds so at the same time that uh, my uh, co-founder was in us at columbia business school mm-hmm. so he started reaching out to a lot of vcs in india and us so he started reaching out to a bunch of vcs in us uh, I think he spent more time in Silicon Valley than New York, and uh, we reached out to close to around uh, 150 odd uh, VCs, PEs, uh, you know, all the all any institution that could uh, fund us, mm-hmm. and uh, all 150 actually told us no, and uh, you know that was that was quite a bummer that okay, you know, uh, we we've been uh, trying to raise this money, we are not able to raise it, uh, you know, how will we get that growth capital? Mm-hmm. um and we are obviously yet burning money so uh, while the money that we got from the sale of the digital services agency was uh, with us but it would last only for a certain period of time so uh, we realized that okay you know uh, probably uh, reaching out to uh, vcs pees in uh, us is probably not the best idea and uh, we started reaching out to people in india as well that's when we uh, got one after getting probably 150 noes uh, we got one yes from a vc firm in india oh and, yeah uh, yeah and that that's when we got a series a funding in uh, end of 2014 that's crazy too man like i you know like i've also gone out to raise money um, right. i've come close a couple of times um, right. but uh, i've also had to pivot and retool and things like that but i remember I was raising money for one project for one venture and I reached out to like 125 VCs or something like that. That was about my breaking point. That was like where I'm going, ah, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I applaud you guys, you know, it's a numbers game, right? It's like you know, one door closes another one opens. You just keep hitting, keep hitting it, keep hitting it. Mhm. Right, right. Persistence. You know, yes, it is. Uh, and that's something that uh, we've had to have uh, ever since the day we started till today that's i think an important trait in general uh, if you want to run a business obviously uh, one of the things that uh, we had to be very cognizant about when we started off the business and uh, you know that also took us a lot of time uh, when we were pivoting is to figure out that uh, whether this uh, kind of uh, business uh, model is in line with the laws of the country right because mm-hmm. uh, it could be very easily construed as a betting kind of a business mm-hmm. um and betting is not allowed in india 
similar to uh, how betting was not allowed in us till a few months ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's the same concept as it is in us uh, where you you're allowed to uh, stake money on a game of skill and uh, win cash prizes and that's not considered as betting it's considered a game of skill because you yes. because you choose which players you want and as good as uh, the role of a selector right a mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. person who's selecting the team for a specific say for the yankees mm-hmm. for example in 2014 uh, and so jan 2015 is when we got our first round of funding a series a um, at that time we had around uh, 300000 users on the platform and uh, nice. since then uh, you know we've had five rounds of funding four rounds of funding and one uh, round of secondary transaction nice and uh, today we stand uh, at around 80 million users 80 million Yes, thank God, dude. So, so we—that's crazy. Been, yeah, we've actually been able to use that uh, capital that we raised very well to uh, build out the entire user base. Uh, wow! And uh, you know, it, it's been quite a journey trying to educate people about fantasy sports because yeah. it's not an easy concept for people who don't know fantasy sports to understand. Right. And uh, since we were the first ones in the market, we actually had to. In, there were a few fantasy sports uh, products before us uh, but they never gained as much traction so basically apart from the guys who had played those on those platforms we had to educate everyone uh, about this uh, hmm. fantasy sports as a concept and so so that's what's uh, you know been uh, quite a challenge but now uh, that you know we have such a large user base we've kind of somehow overcome that challenge because there'll be that one person in every group that will be playing fantasy sports and he'll teach the concept to everyone else in the group right i was going to say it would probably extend like kind of what you and your buddies started with anyways where you just you know you've got that tie that holds each other together be competitive watch sports that's that sort of thing i mean it's it's basically that same concept you're just like spreading it out to everybody else's groups of friends right basically right. Okay. Uh, unless they're unless they're playing head to head against like do they play against random people or is it like How does that work? Yeah, you have we have both uh, we, we have both uh, well, it's mm-hmm. uh, we have head to head against uh, people uh, playing anywhere in the country mm-hmm. or uh, you can uh, play private contests with uh, only people from your um, group. Oh, okay, right on. Right on. I'm just sitting here thinking so two things. I'm like first fucking A. 80 million users is nothing to shy away from. Like that's You guys were able to go from zero to three hundred thousand users without any any venture capital money. No. Wow! And then you took that VC money as you already figured out your model, the whatever's going to work for you. Right. You got that traction. You got the VC money, and you just fucking. <laughs> so, like, because because you launched in two thousand eight, and it took yes. you six years to get the first three hundred. Is that right? Correct. Six years to get three hundred thousand users. That's a battle, dude. Like I can't even. Yeah. I, I would get frustrated. I'd be like, "Ah, fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> But you know, six years to get three hundred thousand users. You guys are building this out. You're probably A B testing and all that other shit. Mm, mm, um, mm. You get three hundred thousand users, and then within the next six years, you get another eighty million. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy, dude. That's like. That's rock star status, and then, and then that and and but with that last was it the fourth round that you got the, the was a D yes. round? 
that's yes, that's what the, puts you up to the to the billion dollar valuation is that right no that was actually the uh, round after that where uh, it was a secondary transaction oh it's like a d plus exiting yeah mm-hmm. correct hell yeah dude god that's crazy so okay so let me ask you this now that you've got all this big bc money like where, when you were in grad school, I know you guys are working remotely, uh, building this thing out. Right. Um, but right. like, what was like the, what was the office like then? And what is it like now? Okay. So, uh, when we started off, obviously we started from home. Yeah. It's two of us, uh, working from home. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, we didn't care about what hour of the day it was just, uh, focusing on building, uh, the product, uh, and making sure we had a great product out there. Um, from there, we actually uh, moved into uh, very interestingly and very for a very short period of time, uh, we moved into a massive office. It was a 10,000 square foot office, which was lying empty. And, uh, you know, we just uh, took a cabin out there uh, and we weren't paying any rent for that because it was all owned by someone we knew oh, and nice. it wasn't being used. So, but it was this massive office where it was like five of us working out of that office. So it was literally one cabin where, you know, we had all the lights on and we were working and everything else was dark. Nice. And, and, and eventually when we moved in, uh, so that was for a few months, you know, and then uh, when we actually moved into our first office, it was um, in the same building, but it was in the basement. So it was a basement office, no sunlight, uh, no idea of whether it was day or night, uh, you know, just kept working in the office. It was quite a interesting thing, you know, uh, it's, the, it's the grind, yeah. man. It's that grind. Yeah. It's that it's early stage, man. It's, I, I almost like it better where there's no windows where you can't, I mean, at that stage of the game where you just like, you know, you just got to keep working because working, yeah. you know, if you stop working, then nothing's yeah, going to get yeah. done. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there, there was a point where uh, one of our guys actually wanted to quit because he had vitamin D deficiency by not <laughs> having sunlight at all. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, I'm turning white, but, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's but funny. yeah, it, it, was a, it was a fun part of the journey, right? Uh, yeah. Having a basement office has its own challenges because when it rains and it starts getting flooded, we have to make sure that the water doesn't come into the office mm-hmm. and you know, a bunch of uh, challenges. But it was fun. Uh, we made sure that the workplace from day one was always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we had a very small recreation room where we actually had a, a smallish cricket pitch um, and we used to play cricket out there in a oh, nice. free time. And, uh, you know, from there, uh, we moved into uh, another office not too far away from there, uh, which then, uh, and this is after we got funded, uh, just after we got funded, we moved into office uh, very close by, but we went straight from the basement to a 19th floor office. Nice. Uh, and uh, with beautiful view of the sea and uh, you know of the city mm-hmm. um, and uh, there was a 10,000 square foot office could fit uh, around um, 150 170 odd people nice and uh, so so we grew out there eventually we grew out of that space as well and uh, very recently around uh, 6 to 8 months ago we moved into where our current space is uh, which is also in the same area, and uh, now uh, we have a you know thirty thousand square foot office which fits around three hundred odd people, three fifty, three thirty we can fit, yeah. 
and uh, and now uh, apart from uh, dream 11 we've actually started uh, building out other products as well which uh, are in the sports ecosystem itself so one of our the products fancode um, has is a multi sports aggregator platform where you get uh, fantasy news content research uh, for all sports that we feature apart from um, some uh, obviously the scores um, articles and uh, live uh, matches uh, for some tournaments as well nice um, what we realized is um, you know after uh, we uh, got that uh, user base is uh, people wanted to actually do a lot of research before they created a team sometimes the uh, content or stats were not easily available so uh, you know some other people saw this as an opportunity and they started creating content around fantasy sports and they started packaging and selling it to uh, our users hmm. so so if you today go to the google play store for example and uh, you search for dream 11 you'll see i think 250 apps which give you uh, dream 11 tips uh, content hmm. research Wow. So it's fun that uh, entire different industry um, and what we realize is that we've created almost what is equivalent to the equity market for um, uh, for sports mm-hmm. and uh, when there's a equity market you need to have research as well so so you need to have a bloomberg right yeah uh, absolutely you with the research and mm-hmm. that's what i use us started doing they started creating the research and we were like okay this is a good opportunity you know um, while uh, we have a lot of people who can create content you know they have to also then have an app they have to maintain some kind of uh, platform and you know the tech requirement instead of that what if we get all these guys on board uh, our platform itself so on fancode we cre- we've created that platform and then uh, we get these people as uh, aggregators onto that platform interesting dude that's smart man right. hell yeah if i can own the entire just own it own the market i love it yeah. Yeah. Nice. You said you're doing some you're doing like streaming of the games as well. Is that um is that strictly related to the cricket or is it do you have agreements? No, we we do we we do different sports. So for example, right now when there's no sports going on, we've actually been able to figure out a couple of countries where the sports is yet going on. Hmm. So so there's a football league in Nicaragua. Really? And uh, yes, they're playing the right now. they're playing right now and wow. and there's a football league in Belarus as well that's crazy and they're playing too they're playing too i just so there's like two leagues in the world that are playing right now and uh, i think they they're playing something in tajikistan as well uh, basketball as well as uh, uh, football and then uh, in taiwan they're playing basketball really well taiwan's yeah. pretty much i mean i think they've they they fought the thing off pretty well i think yes yeah you know, so that's that's kind of, that's understandable i don't know where nicaragua tajikistan and uh belarus are with this with this whole pandemic but i wonder i wonder if they've got like right. i wonder if they got fans in the stadiums or anything like that no it's it's behind closed doors uh, is it still man that's yeah. weird like i i would if yeah. i were if i were the athlete i'd be like what the hell <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> freaking out a little bit but I'm just trying to understand. So you mentioned that sports are shut down in India too. Premier League's canceled. Right. right. Lose everything or or not not to completely stop all operations. Right. You look to see who else is playing elsewhere and so you've got people playing uh setting up their teams and stuff like that through Dream 11 focused on 
Nicaragua and Belarus. Yes. That's crazy. That's like, yeah. dude, I, I, I sit there and I think like, that's gotta be like, like you're talking about equity markets, right? Like that's gotta be yeah. like those like ADR, like, you know, almost like penny stocks or something where like, there's, and not because it's not because they're cheap, you know, or, or untalented because I'm sure they're very skilled. Right. right. But they're not very covered. There's not a lot of coverage yeah. in those leagues. There, there wasn't till recently. Now everyone wants to cover it because that's the only sports going on in the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, there's uh, more than enough stats available from all the historic seasons. So while mm. uh, they aren't as popular, um, there's enough stats uh, for all the players, for anyone to do research on the stats and figure out, you know, who's a good player, who's not, uh, mm. who's been playing in the team uh, you know, every game in, game out uh, versus someone who's uh, just, uh, you know, a temporary substitute kind of a player. So, so these leagues have been running uh, for a while um, and there's enough stats. So, what people do see at the end of the day, it's all about, uh, you know, stats and kind of understanding the expected potential points mm-hmm. that a player can uh, get, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Uh, and that's why we actually uh, stream these matches live on a platform so people can actually watch these matches and understand how the players play. Nice. So who, who are your favorite teams in the Nicaragua and Belarusian leagues? So, so you'll be surprised. <laughs> I, I don't know how much. Do you, do you know much about football at all? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Not, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not a crazy huge fan, but I, I don't – I mean – I don't like it to the Nicaragua and Belarus league levels. Like it's, you know, not that big of a fan, but I like it. I like Premier League, Bundesliga. Yeah. yeah. So by the way, Bundesliga is, uh, the players have started uh, practicing again. Oh, really? In Germany. Yeah. And, and they're looking to start the league back in May if it's possible. That'd so be at crazy, least uh, for us, it's a sliver of good news. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Well, for you and for every yes. sports fan in the world, man, like people are right, itching right. for anything right now, anything. you know? Yes, of course. Hmm. That'd be but crazy. obviously with the Indian Premier League uh, being cancelled, it's mm-hmm. a big blow for our business because that's the two months where we get the maximum uh, growth yeah. uh, in the business. Right. And um, we are hoping that uh, it'll be held later in the year uh, if they can find a window to uh, host this tournament. I'd be willing to bet if this thing can subside soon enough that like, I'm sure they'll be able to reschedule it and make it happen. I mean, cricket's like the sport of India, right? Like, is there, yeah. is there a bigger sport? In uh, India, cricket is by far the biggest. By far, right? Yeah. And, and you know, that's where that, – obviously, that's where your growth's going to be. Right on, man. Um, so what does the future hold? What's, what's going on? I mean, other than waiting for this whole thing to – subside and, and really dig into business what do you uh where do you guys see things going over the next couple of years so now that uh, we've actually grown uh, dream 11 to a you know decent size of user mm-hmm. base and uh, you know we kind of have that b2c monetization model uh, running mm-hmm. now we are looking to uh, grow much more in the sports ecosystem so right. what we've done um, i spoke about fan code uh, with the multi-sports aggregation platform mm-hmm. Um, And that's something that uh, we are looking at uh, building on. Um, Apart from that, we've actually started a sports incubator as well. Really? uh, Yeah, where we we evaluate uh, ideas related to sports. 
and um, any ideas that we find interesting we would um, invest in uh, those ideas hell yeah dude hell yeah man giving back right on i love it dude i love it i think it's a pretty good spot to stop dude to be honest with you i think we've had a pretty good pretty good interview i think we've covered covered a lot of really awesome stuff um i've had a good time I i hope you've had a good time Yes, it's, it's it's taken a while to make it happen, but uh, but I'm glad we finally were able to sit down. Um, and I tell you what, next time, next time we do this, Bobbit, we're mm. doing this in your stadium. I will be there <laughs> once once yep. the thing is all said and done. Once we can travel again, I'm coming back to India. Uh, sure. I want to do I want to do a tour of your stadium. It's gonna be a good time. Yes, we actually um, call our office the stadium. Yeah, no, I yes, no, I actually I, I saw an article. That's why I was asking about this, your office earlier. It's called the stadium, right? Is, right. It, is it like designed like a stadium or something like? Mm, no, we just like using uh, sports jargon. Oh, for, right on, right on, right on. But 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 um, yes, when you uh, walk into our office, you would feel like you would get a little bit of a stadium feel oh, yeah. uh, because we've uh, put astroturf instead of carpet on our floors oh nice and and uh, you see different uh, you know sport related stuff all around the office uh, a lot of uh, all of our meeting rooms are named after uh, sports teams or sports leagues uh, some of the sports stadiums as well yeah uh, yeah, yeah that, that's great man that's that's good for the culture building stuff right i mean you got the yes. people that are there for the love of sports love of the game yeah. and uh they're surrounded by it while they're working. Fucking a, dude. Complete open office. No cabins. We just have meetings on the periphery, so you can actually look through and through. Nice. That's good shit, man. Well, dude, like I said, once this thing is all over, once this thing's said and done, I'm heading your way, yeah. man. I'm I'm coming back. I'm, I'm due for another trip. Uh, Anytime. Great chatting with the Bobbit. Bobbit Shouth, everybody. Thank you, Brian. You've been listening to Half the City with Brian Shinborn. Presented by 8B Media. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a solid five-star review to ensure these stories get spread far and wide. For more information, as well as to listen to other shows, including Relentless, a survivor's search for passion, purpose, and inner peace, and beyond Relentless, be sure to check out 8bmedia.com. Thank you for listening.